Welcome to another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. Counting down movies, music, TV, and pop culture. One top five at a time. And now, here are the two peas. too much I'm gonna tell you a little bit about this so that you understand what I'm talking about down there we have a plant that grows out in the woods and the fields looks something like a turnip green everybody calls it poke salad poke salad Good evening, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Gerald with you, your host for the evening. And as always, I bring in a guest host from usually from the world of podcasting. And this week, that is the case. I love this woman. She's a queen. She's been on before, and we share an affinity for Miss Sandra Bullock. And that's what we talked about last year when she was on the show. But she's back. Emily Higgins from Tasteless Pod. How are you? I am good, honestly. The space you gave me to talk about Sandra Bullock before truly holds a special place in my heart. Right, yeah, what a moment that was because I know we're not doing that tonight, but just to reflect on that because it was so cool. I put it out there in the world. I said, I want to do Sandra Bullock movies. Everybody just started flooding me with Emily Higgins, Tasteless. You got to get, she's like, As loves they her. should. If people know one thing, it's that. And then the other day I got a DM that was like, hey, I had a question about Taco Bell and I thought I should ask you. So Sandra Bullock and Taco Bell are what I want to be questioned about. (laughs) Well, there could be worse things to be versed in. So that's pretty good. Um, Well, you're back. We do a top five show here. And... This is one that got pitched by several patrons, actually, because I don't, I'm assuming that you've seen all this hubbub lately. Now, we're recording this in late January, just so everyone knows. It's not going to come out till later. But as we're recording this, Emily, there's been a lot of hubbub online about Kong versus Godzilla. You've seen that, I'm assuming. Yes. I have not watched the trailer all the way through, except for the Rebecca Hall, where I was like, Rebecca Hall is in it. And I opened it. I saw her face. I thought, great. I'm not even going to watch this. I'll just watch the movie. Sure. Yeah. The trailer does. The trailer these days though i mean they just give away so much but anyway so that's like a big deal and it's going to be coming out on hbo max because of covid and it's been a movie that's been like talked about for literally like a decade and it's finally happening which is great and so we have a little patron chat and a lot of patrons said you know you should do your favorite versus movies of course we can't include that one yet because it's not out yet but (laughs) there are quite a few you know x versus z or a versus b whatever you want to fill in the blank there and i said well let me see what emily higgins is doing because tell the listeners that might not know tasteless you're doing this every week exactly i am pitting movies against each other every single week with in the quest half the time to talk about what i want to talk about half the time to make people mad because i i take like (laughs) Like a Oscar nominated movie that people love. And then I say why something else is better. So like Seed of Chucky is better than True Grit, etc. <laughs> and so it makes people just as mad as a King Kong versus Godzilla. Right, right. They turn into a Godzilla. So, I mean, are you doing this just to stir the pot here? Or is this, is this your true take? It is always 100% my true take. Sometimes, and I always admit this, the movie that I say is the worst movie, I still really enjoy. Sure. But it's yeah. kind of like, but if, you, if you're if you going to watch a movie on X topic, so like if you're going to watch a movie about good parenting, you know, you should watch Striptease over Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> or about someone surviving in the woods, Troop Beverly Hills over The Revenant. Oh, I saw that one. I was like, a whoa, hang on. <laughs> Well, you know, if anything else, it raises eyebrows, you know, and it gets people, it gets me to tune in, Emily. I've been digging your show for the last year or so, and it's always a hoot. And when I see one of my favorite films of all time in that little versus category against some B movie, I'm like, wait a second. What's em- what's Emily going to say about my movie here? And I, I definitely tune in. And it's, it is a lot of fun, and, and you're a great personality to listen to. Now, Thank you. I yeah. feel like it's improved my taste a little bit in that I'll rewatch the movie that in my mind I think I don't like. And mm-hmm. sometimes, very rarely and not for a while, I still hate it. But a lot of the time I'm like, oh, I like this so much more now. Right, right. Well... We're talking about versus movies. So you do that on your podcast. You pit movies against each other. But what we're kind of doing tonight is, 
Well, let me ask you, because we don't share our list with each other, so don't give any titles away up front here in the intro. But when you were doing research and you were trying to compile a top five and a few honorable mentions, what was your criteria? Now, for me, I'll just say if it had verses in the title, I included it. Is that kind of how you went or did you? Okay. Yeah. Mine are all like, I think they're even all VS, like not even the word verses. They're all VS. Okay, perfect. So VS movies. Yeah. And I got a chance... To watch, I over this past like prepping for this, I was like, "Ooh, now I can watch some more." There's a certain category that has a lot of these, and so I was like, "This is a great excuse to watch more of them that I haven't seen." They were all all the ones I watched recently were awful, but I loved watching them. So preparing for this has been a dream come true. Well, that's great. You know, we were talking before we started recording, Emily, about crossover. What do you think? You think we're gonna have a lot of uh, crossover I, I, tonight? I, First, I thought for sure. I think there's one definite crossover, one maybe crossover, and then I'm pretty solid on my other three that no one else wants to watch them. (laughs) Are these movies you've covered on your show? I'm just asking. Shockingly, no. Although one of them I kind of do want to do now. So Mm. I may have to do a two peas inspired tasteless. All right. Well, point that one out to me when it comes up. I'm curious. So we're going to be doing our top five versus movies, guys. So really a very, very simple criteria is versus in the title, or in Emily's case, just VS perhaps. <laughs> but whatever. Uh, such and such versus such and such. It doesn't matter what genre or anything like that. That's the simple criteria. It is inspired by Kong versus Godzilla, which is going to be a big deal. It got pushed back to May. Now, Emily, I tried to get savvy with this episode. We're recording it in January, but I was going to release it in March, like right when it gets released on HBO Max. And then, of course, it got pushed back to May. So I'm not going to hang on to this episode that we're recording until May. So you'll be hearing this a couple months before Kong versus Godzilla, but it is kind of inspired by uh, all the hoopla surrounding that. So Emily, we're going to take a quick promo break before we get into our list. And when we come back, we are going to count down our top five versus movies. All right. Perfect. Hang tight, guys. Hello, listeners. Did you know that there is a lot more content where this episode came from? As you may know, we are an independent podcast and we rely on donations in order to keep going. Over on our Patreon site, you will find several ways to stretch your dollar. I am currently producing six exclusive series that you can only get there. They include popular ones such as My First Time and 100 G-Tunes. You'll also get regular main top five episodes just like this one, super early, often weeks in advance. For as little as $1, you can help the show continue. Just visit us over at patreon.com slash two peas on a pod, or you can check the show notes for this very episode. Now let's get back to the countdown. All right, welcome back. As said pre-break, we are going to do our top five versus films. Emily Higgins from Tasteless Pod is here. I'm so excited that she is. Always a delight to talk to Emily. I'm excited to see what direction you're going in. What is your number five versus film? My number five is the one I think there may be crossover on because there's such a specific group that loves this movie. And it's Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Yeah, there's crossover. You know I'm a horror guy. You probably know that. Yeah, it's so it's to me, I was like very against it because it felt like a dad movie. My dad does love it. But also I was just like, oh, but I love Alan Tudyk. Oh, yeah. And I like this kind of like cabin in the woods type horror, but make it a little bit funny. And I think he does comedy so well that it just re- I mean, I had forgotten about it, honestly, until I was like, what movies have verses in them? And then I go, oh, my God, I love that movie. Right. Yeah. I was surprised all the versus films I found, too, when I started looking into it because when it was pitched over and on the patron chat i was like eh, i mean are there enough and then i'm like holy crap there's a ton yeah so, so yeah. many that i still want to watch that i didn't get to yet that are definitely going to be awful and would not have made my list but <laughs> i may do a garbage movie marathon just because versus really opened up the the world of movies for me i love it I'm wondering if you somehow could have incorporated Sandra Bullock tonight, but I guess I'll find out. I don't think I don't know. I don't think she was in any versus movies. If I could have, I would have. I know, I know. That would have been a nice tie-in there. All right, so your number five is Tucker and Dale versus Evil. I'm glad to hear some horror on somebody else's list, so that's great. I will be talking a little bit about that one later. It is on my list. However, my number five is way on the other side of the spectrum because it's a kid's movie. It's a family movie, I would say. It's from 2009, Monsters versus Aliens. Oh, yes. And not I have not seen it, but I, I remember it. I, it looks so cute, and I always meant to watch it. Again, you're opening up a new genre for me. Well, you know, we talked about... 
Sandy B, right? But uh, another actress that I just am, am infatuated with is Reese Witherspoon, and oh, she's yeah. the lead. She's the lead voice casting in this. She plays Susan in the film, and she takes on her monster persona. Is she's a giant, you know, like Attack of the Fifty Foot Woman kind of deal. Mm-hmm. So she's just a giant woman, basically. <laughs> and that's <laughs> and she's considered a monster because of that. And these monsters are tasked with saving the world from this alien invasion. So, and it's animation, so it's really cool digital animation. I want to say it's DreamWorks, I think. I don't have it in front of me, but I believe it was DreamWorks Studios. And they did a, they did a really good job. And it was, you know, 11 or 12 years ago. So it was kind of ahead of its time at the time, but it has that little, you know, we were just talking about me being a horror guy. It does have that little kind of like, I love when movies are like, driven towards families, but they still kind of have like that little edge of horror in there, kind of hints of it. Uh, you know, Tim Burton does it really well when he does stop motion and stuff like that. Yes. And, and Monsters vs. Aliens was another good one. So if you love family films, Emily, I would say check it out. It's it's a good one. It has a great voice cast. Seth Rogen is in it too. He's a very distinguishable voice. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's in it as a comic relief in the film, and it's just a bunch of monsters versus a bunch of aliens, and it's great. So check <laughs> check it out. The amazing thing about animation is that you can have all of these A list people. Like you wouldn't see a movie that had Reese Witherspoon and Renee Zellweger and Amy Poehler because they'd be like, who do we market? Like who do we put? There's all these rules about like. If, if you're both equal stars, one of you has to, like, your name is smaller, but it's on the left side and it's above the name on the right side. Like, animation, they're like, no, we can have 50 of the most famous people and you just, <laughs> no one cares. I know. what You're right, though. I mean, I guess certain directors can pull it off. Yeah. You, you know, like, Tarantino will have, like, 20 A-list actors in his film and, like, but rarely. I mean, it's a rare thing. You're right. But, I mean, Reese is, Reese is always top marquee, right? Right. But, I mean, I want... <laughs> Reese and Renee are like to me in a very similar category, even though I am Team Reese all the way. Yeah, I love Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> love her. What's your favorite Reese role? Ooh, I mean, I love. Just curious. It's Legally Blonde or Election. Yeah, Election's up there for me too. Wait, I would say Election and walk, walk the Line too, probably for me. <laughs> I am, Cruel Intentions is so good. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. She's just always good. Do you think Legally Blonde 3 is coming? I know that's not what we're here to talk about, but like I'm scared and I'm excited. I do, and I'm very excited because I think I heard her daughter is going to be prominent oh, her in that. Mini-me. Like her, her actual daughter. Yeah. Identical. That is oh, yeah. crazy genes. No, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I agree. So uh, Reese Witherspoon, Love Fest aside, yeah. uh, Monsters vs. Aliens was my five. What, what, we're over to you now. What's your four? You had Tucker and Dale at five, a little horror love getting you started. What's your number four? So at four, I have Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus, which <laughs> is, here's the thing. I used to watch all the sci-fi movies with um, my roommates and friends in college. And I remember Sharktopus and Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus came out around the same time. And they were like, like we saw the commercials and had it like penciled in. Like Friday night, we're watching Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus. And what I remember about it is that Debbie Gibson and a man fall in love <laughs> while they're working. Because I think the the Mega Shark and the Giant Octopus, <laughs> one of them good. is one of them is attacking the Earth. So they release the other one from like a uh, Arctic like. A paleolithic freeze it's in because they're natural enemies and they want their like pheromones to make them kill each other and sorry to spoil it but if i recall correctly they are at the end frozen or die in each other's embrace the shark and the octopus wow deep <laughs> and wow. i love that kind of movie and that's that's what i was like so this week i i watched um mega shark versus mecha shark uh-huh. <laughs> because i was and i I'm going to watch Mega Shark versus Colossus this weekend because I just was like, Tubi, you know that app Tubi? It's right. like free and it's just the worst movies you've ever seen. They have a lot of these <laughs> sci-fi pairings. Oh, that's great. You know, these I'm not familiar. I'm familiar with them. I haven't seen them. So I should. I should just do just a really just like crappy movie marathon weekend or something. That's what I'm going to do because there were so many verses I didn't even know about. In yeah. this in this realm. Oh, that's great. That'd be probably a whole other list all on its own. <laughs> so Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus, and I guess nobody wins, is what you're saying. I, I think the Earth wins, but the fact that the no. Mega Shark keeps coming back, and then they have to fight it with a Mecha Shark, and they have to fight it with a Colossus, and they have to fight it with. <laughs> I think at one point does the Mega Shark fight a. 
whale wolf no it's it's tough this, earth is having a hard time yeah this mega shark man somebody's got to take that thing take care of that thing you know <laughs> all right so that's your number four i didn't expect that that's that's sweet i, I want to visit visit some of those so i like that i like that shout out my number four is very different it's a very very recent movie okay very recent film it came out in 2019 but it's ford versus ferrari oh or ford v ferrari right <laughs> sorry <laughs> Uh, did you see this one? Christian Bale, I, Matt Damon? I did, and I watched it at home, and I was a little underwhelmed, but I get really? why I right. get why you would love it. I think I was just like, what? And that ending, I was mad. I was like, what are these guys' problems? Well, that was one of my favorite movies of that year. I, you know, I think the acting performances really carry that film. It's just such a, just an acting powerhouse. I mean, Christian Bale is always delivering. I mean, this guy is too much when it comes to, <laughs> I mean, he gets too into his roles and just takes on whatever he's whatever character he's playing he just becomes for months while they're recording it yeah i don't know that anyone's ever watched a christian bale movie and been like "Mm, he wasn't great like right he's always you're like oh right exactly you're like wow you really brought the pain here man he's playing uh we were talking about this on a recent episode for mcu but he's gonna be playing a villain in the new thor movie and the guest i had on uh, it's uh, the God Butcher, I think, is the villain's name, and he doesn't oh. have he doesn't have a nose, oh. and so my guess was like, I wonder if Christian Bale is just gonna like remove his nose for the role. For sure, <laughs> he's gonna find a plastic surgeon. So he's like, I really need to live as someone with just open nose holes. <laughs> yeah, can you make that happen for three months? Uh. Oh man, Christian Bale. Yeah, but uh, you know, it's a really cool story. I mean, it's based on a true story, which I'm always a sucker for. We were just talking about Reese and Walk the Line, and James Mangold's the director here, the same filmmaker from that film. He does he does a really good biopic. I, I feel like. And my dad grew up around. I grew up around my dad, who was a huge NASCAR fan. So it was always kind of like auto racing, and always had a little bit of a connection to that too. And this is a really exciting film. It's a little too long. I remember. I remember it's about fifteen or twenty minutes too long. Yeah. They could they could have trimmed some of that in there, but it's a great movie, and it really kind of surprised me. I saw it late in the year that year because I try to see all the you know Oscar contenders and what have you, and I saw it late, and I'm like, wow, this real this is a really was a contender. Yeah. Uh, great great sound mixing in that film with the with the cars and uh, the sound mix was amazing in that film. I remember that as well. Great soundtrack. So I love it. Ford v Ferrari. Would you go on a racetrack if you could? Like, would I? Would I? What? Say that would again. Would you go on a racetrack? Like, would you in a in a closed space? Like, they're like, here, you could test this car and drive it around this racetrack. I don't think I would. I'm scared. <sighs> Prop no, no. Would you ride in one if somebody else skilled was driving it? I think I would do that. Yeah. Yeah, I would do that because they have that here. I'm I'm in North Carolina, which is believe me, it's NASCAR country, <laughs> and uh, at Charlotte Motor Speedway, you can do that. I mean, this is pre-COVID, but you could go right. and they would have professional drivers. You know, take you on X number of laps around the track at the speed that the drivers drive at. I don't know. I would probably do that. Uh, you know, but I don't. I don't think I could do. I, I mean, if I did it myself, I'd get up to like you know fifty miles an hour. Well, that's <laughs> what I just. I'm sure this is really a show that you love. I was watching the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, and they did one of these tracks, and they were allowed to drive, and one of them was just going like seventy, and the the guy in the car with her was like, "You can go a little faster. You can go a little faster. Okay, pull over so the other eight cars can go around us because you are not moving." <laughs> that would be uh, me. That would be me too. I was like, "How are you guys just?" peeling out when you're in charge of the car you maniacs yeah that would be me no doubt so i'm sorry to hear you were underwhelmed by it that bums me out but i think it's one of those movies like many movies where if i watch it in three years i'll like it a lot more i remember i think in one weekend i watched that richard jewel and dark water and i was just oh like, yikes wow i was just like oh i'm bummed all of these all of these <laughs> movies are too long all of these men are so sad and they're all based on real shit that happened so it's not yes. like you could tell yourself oh this isn't real you have to walk away and go from well that sucked <laughs> and that's real yes. so not good not good life am i right right <laughs> Uh, all right, Emily, you're up next. Mega Shark and Giant Octopus. I can't believe you're going to top that somehow, but uh, what what did you put at number three? So number three, I have Eagle versus Shark, which <laughs> is a Taika Waititi movie that I only watched because Sam Hurley of Movie Reviews and 20 Qs literally sent me the DVD, which is the only way to make me watch a suggestion because otherwise I'll just say, yeah, I'm going to watch it for five years. <laughs> but the DVD showed up at my home, and so I was like, okay. I guess I got to do this, right? Okay. 
Okay. And it's basically like New Zealand Napoleon Dynamite, where it's just kind of weird. Uh, like everybody's just kind of awkward and doesn't act like real adults, but everyone just puts up with it. But there was something about like the, I watched it, I think a few months ago, and it was just so calming. Like it was like that first feeling of watching Napoleon Dynamite. I don't know if you're a Napoleon Dynamite fan. But oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. It was like when it first came out before a million other things were copying it. It was just like, oh, like this is so fun and funny and dumb and silly. And I got that feeling from Eagle versus Shark. I think it has Jermaine Clement. Oh, uh, okay. Because I've heard of this one. I've never seen this one. It was um, very cute. Feels like a rude word to use about it. But like, that's how I feel about it. <laughs> well, it sounds right up my alley, if I'm being honest. So it's like, I'm assuming it's like really dry humor. Like really. Yes. And just yeah. like weird, like very early, just weird Taika. I think he's he has a cameo as like in pictures as Jermaine's older brother. And it's just this kind of like weird <laughs> New Zealand, like dry. It just is pleasant. Like it's a very easy, comedic 90 minute watch. Okay. Well, I'm going to have to give it a go. Maybe Sam will mail me a DVD as I well. I know. You so. got to get hooked up. Uh, Sam, if you're listening, send it on over, brother. <laughs> And then I'll have to watch it. I'll have no choice. Exactly. I like what you do there. That was a good, that's a good uh, practice you got going on over there. All (laughs) right. So Eagle versus Shark, another one I haven't seen, but I'm going to add that to my to-do list. My number three, here we go. In fact, I I don't, I'm concerned that I put this, this low, if I'm being honest, but I guess I'm going to, I guess I'm going to do it. But my number three is from 2003. It's Freddy versus Jason. Ooh, I mean, yes. come on. I mean, right? Okay, I think I saw that, but I don't remember. I saw one of those. And here's the thing. I'm such a Michael Myers person and never got on board with Freddy or Jason in the way that I wanted to. Okay, well, I didn't think it was possible to love you even more, Emily, but I do now because Michael Myers is also my horror icon. I have the Halloween poster behind me right now, actually, on my wall. Uh, he's my number one, but I love. I got to do the thing. It's like your kids. You know, you love them all <laughs> equally, okay? So... Jason and Freddie are my boys too. And even though I agree with you in terms of like Michael Myers is my number one on the, on the list of horror icons. I mean, Freddie, the Nightmare on Elm Street series and the Friday the 13th series for Jason, those are two of them. And I'm not talking about just in horror. I mean, just in cinema period. Those are two of the most iconic franchises and characters in all of movie history. So now, guess what? We're going to put them together in the same movie going against each other in this epic thing. You know, Freddy's try- he's in this like lim- dream limbo kind of he's kind of like what his victims normally are in his movies. That's kind of what he is. He's kind of stuck in the dream state and he decide he gets out and he decides to kind of almost in a way possess Jason a little not the best word, but takes over Jason's body and kind of uh, influences him to kill on his behalf. And then yeah. Jason, Jason starts to kind of get wise to what's going on, and he doesn't like that too much because he's his own dude, of course. And it leads to this kind of epic conclusion. And kind of like what you said with Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus, they kind of go down together. You know, nobody really comes out <laughs> as a clear-cut winner there, which I think is smart because, you know, all franchises can kind of be happy everybody wins. So you you said you saw this or no? I did. I just looked to see. Yes, I did see it. I um, I think the the problem for me is Jason. Uh, the Friday the Thirteenth movies were really at a disadvantage for me because I had never seen them before. And when I saw this movie, The Final Girls, that I adore, that's like mm-hmm. kind of a a parody takeoff on that. Like it in mm-hmm. the realm of it, there's this these movies called Camp Bloodbath that are basically you know the Jason movies. Sure. And I love that movie so much, and I had seen it so many times before I ever watched a Jason movie. And then I was oh, like. Okay. Uh, Uh, Like, it's weird to see all of the references after you've heard them. Right, right. And so it really, it had like the deck stacked against it. But I think what I need to do is like watch all of them because I sat down and watched all the Halloweens at one point. Yeah, I just, I just, I just did that recently for, for my Patreon. We went through and did every single Halloween this past October. And I'm thinking I'm gonna do something similar with, with Friday the 13th this year. I've seen them all numerous times and I have the box set with all the movies, but I, I just love, I just love, I mean, those two, I'm a horror fanatic, as you know, but those yeah. two, those two icons, being able to put them in the same film 
I mean, back then was unheard of. I can remember them talking about it, you know, in the late 90s, like we're trying to get this thing to happen. And it's one of those things where you hear it and you go, okay, dude, that's never going to happen. <laughs> and and then when it did, you're just like, holy shit. I mean, it would be today if, if you know, I'm just throwing this out there, but it would be like if somebody was like, we're going to do a DC Marvel crossover movie, you know, and it's going right. to have Batman, Superman, and it's going to have Iron Man. Cat. Like, you'd be like, dude, there's no fucking way that's going to happen. All the legal stuff and the this and that and you know and then if it happened it would just blow your mind and that's kind of how i felt in 2003 when this finally came to fruition so just the impact that that had and you know i was still in kind of the infancy stages of my horror you know lunacy <laughs> back then <laughs> um now it's full blown but you know i was kind of getting going back then in the early 2000s so very fond memories of it it's such a fun movie too if you're a horror fan like it doesn't take itself too seriously it's just a lot of great on-screen kills and they just have fun it's just the horror cliches that you're used to but they they're self-aware and they know that and they're just having fun with it so if you're a horror fan uh maybe revisit freddy versus jason but you know what would be good for you emily what is if you are going to do that and you're going to watch all the all the friday the 13th then freddy versus jason is the is the end of that basically of okay. the friday the 13th, unless you include the remake which came out in 2009 which is also actually pretty good i feel like i maybe i is the remake jared padalecki uh i don't know who, who, uh, Some let long, me... a long-haired boy. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely a long-haired boy in it. I don't know. I know that name when you just said it, but I can't place him in my I feel mind. like I can picture them. Yeah, they're like under some canoes and he's coming at them. I... Yes. 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 Okay. I, I need to go. Out. Please do that for Halloween so I'll have a reason to go through and watch them. I might anyway. Okay. But here's an important question for you. Yes. A fancy horror man. Did you get that new Scream Factory Friday the 13th set? I did. Yeah. Oh, I want to love Friday the 13th just because I want that set, but I don't oh. I don't care about it. Oh, well, maybe if you got it and you watched them, you'd be like, okay, I can send you, you know, they, uh, I'll do the Sam Hurley for you. They sent me <laughs> replacement discs so I can send you my damaged discs if you want. <laughs> so, I'm gonna no, I'm going to find it and watch it, but you know, you'll, I'm sure maybe you already have it, but I am always keeping an eye out for a reasonably priced Scream Factory Halloween, that like 10 disc black case set that's I like missed, $300. You know, I missed out on that one and you can, people are selling that on eBay now for like a thousand bucks. Yeah, maniacs. Crazy. I mean, even when it came out, it was like 200, but uh, yeah, I had to jump on for, actually my wife hooked me up. She got it for me for my birthday in November, and she was like doing that thing where she's like, "You don't need this. You're never gonna watch it. You have, you have too <laughs> many movies. <laughs> like, there's no way." And I'm like, "All right, you know, you're right, honey. Like, I'm sorry." And then my birthday comes along, and you know, I own it. So, uh, good work for on her part. Honestly, I respect that. <laughs> yeah, she hooked it up. So, Freddie versus Jason. I can't believe that's my number three. Let me. What did I mess that up? What was my top two? <laughs> Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's fine. All right. So that's my number three. So we're over to you, Emily, for your runner-up. What do you got? Okay. Runner-up. Again, this is, I don't think you're going to have on your list, but this one is Megapython versus Gatoroid. And here's, nope. here's why. This is another one that I was like super pumped to watch. And there's a scene in it that I think about every day. <laughs> it stars Debbie Gibson, the singer, and Tiffany, the singer. Oh, wow. And Tiffany is like really into Gators. So she's like a, I think she's like a park ranger or something where she's a conservationist. She's trying to protect them. Forget what Debbie Gibson does. She's involved with the, the python somehow. But okay. they don't like each other. They're enemies. And at one point, they're in a swamp. And they're looking around. And the mega python and the gatorade have left. And one of them turns to the other and they says, I think we're alone now. Oh, says, no. There doesn't seem to be anyone around. And I think about that. Yeah. How meta. So frequently. And I don't know why. It's. I mean, this movie came out a decade ago. And I still think about that line. And that they worked it in. And I tell people about it. And I don't know why that is. No. Up such a part of my brain. 2011, this movie came out. It is it literally amazing that I'm hearing this for the first time. I did not know about this, and I love 80s music. I love Debbie Gibson. I love Tiffany. Ugh. It's just great. I will say that maybe this is your entry into the world yeah. of sci-fi monster movies is Megapython versus Gatoroid, which is apparently right now on Prime Video. Oh my God. I know what I'm doing when we get done here. <laughs> 
<laughs> I might have to. Holy shit. That's uh that sounds amazing. I don't I didn't know if you knew I was a huge fan of the nineteen eighties. So just hearing that this even exists, I'm like, I feel I thought you were punking me for a second that this was a real <laughs> And then I started looking it up, and I'm like, holy shit, this is real. Well, Debbie Gibson is in uh, a handful of these. She's in all of the Mega Shark ones. Like, she she pops up in them from the ones that I've seen because she was in the original one. She's the one that, like, falls in love with the scientist and is like, maybe pheromones will fix this. But, <laughs> but so she was kind of like a staple of it. And then I think they were like, hey, let's reunite her with someone for this. Like, sci-fi had this weird niche of just – it before – this was all before – Sharknado really was like a phenomenon and it was just so dumb and fun. <laughs> wow. I'm sitting here. You're talking. I'm listening to you, Emily, but I'm looking at this on my phone. I'm going, holy shit, I got to see this. Yes. All right. So thank you very much for that. And I put a little asterisk next to that one to make sure I watch it immediately. I'm sorry. I've ruined the best joke in that film or any film now by saying it deadpan to <laughs> But that is so great, though. That's so great that they worked that in like that. So I feel like that's why they made the movie is so that they could do that. <laughs> Right. Let's just build 90 minutes around this line, if you guys don't mind. Uh, are they hot in it, Tiffany and Debbie? Gibson? I feel like I remember that they are. I mean, I feel like Tiffany was like a, like very like tough, like yeah, had sure. like very rangery khakis. Sure. You know, yeah, so it yeah. was like okay. you know, it was a look, but they both were like cool. Like I remember really liking that she was very <laughs> she, she. They were like an, she was an animal person. Tiffany was like she was like yeah, I'm gonna protect these gators. And I was like, well, this is nice. Yeah, that's so sweet. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, I I love it. That th- that one took me back a little bit. I almost fell out of my chair. So I can't believe that's real. <laughs> I got to check that out. Uh, Mega Python versus Gatoroid. Do I have yes. that right? All right. Okay. Yes, that is. Honestly, I'm impressed that you've been referring to both of them fully correctly because sometimes I don't remember them. There's so many of these. Yeah. Right. Well, that was 2011. You said right. So yeah. you already you already mentioned mine from 2010, which is Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Ooh, solid uh, at the number two spot. Yeah, I just love this movie so much, partly because of my horror affinity, but it's also just, just so funny. Like, this is such a funny horror film. It's got to be one of the better horror comedies, really, of all time, but definitely of the last 10 to 15 years. And <laughs> you got these two hillbillies that are just absent-minded. You already mentioned Alan Tudyk. And they just, like, are clueless, but they're fumbling over their survival, basically. And all these, like... Really cool kind of on-screen kills happen, but they're not really quote-unquote kills. They're just kind of like accidental deaths, <laughs> you know, that keep happening around them um, that make them seem heroic, but they're really just lucky, you know, for lack of a better way to put it. Uh, and just kind of their absent-mindedness around the whole thing when the dude falls in the wood chipper and like, you know, all the crazy shit that happens. Uh, this movie just cracks me up and... You know, there's been a ton of horror comedies, don't get me wrong. But this one, I can remember when it came along, I, there's there's this weird thing where there's like a line that can be crossed, and I feel like this movie did it, where it's like, it can be fun, if it's a horror movie, I mean. It can be funny from like a cheesy, like campy perspective, but then it can also be funny like it's a good movie, like a well-made movie. And I feel like Tucker and Dale is like a really good movie. Like, you know, it's shot really well, the performances are great. The special effects are great, and most of them were practical in this movie, from what I recall. So, do you know what I mean? Like, it just kind of crossed that line where it's like, yeah, this is stupid, but it's also a really good film. Yeah, I think you could genuinely recommend it just as a comedy, which a lot of the times when you have, like, a horror comedy, it's like horror with some pop culture references. But this is genuinely just really well done comedy Mm -hmm. that is in, like, the genre of spookiness and killers. Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad we crossed up on that one. I I love Tucker and Dale. I rewatched this one this past October. It's becoming a staple for me pretty much every year when I do my Halloween viewing. But it just makes me laugh. It's so funny. I remember when it came out, like I would see it all the time on like Netflix or wherever. And I would always kind of skip over it until my dad was like, we have to we have to watch it. We like Alatonic. We like Firefly. And I was like, oh, fine. Yeah, but you dug it. Yeah, I did. It worked out. And uh, that's funny that your dad got you into it. So how old is your dad, if you don't mind me asking? He is in his mid 60s. Okay, all right. And he's somebody who like used to love like Evil Dead. He loves Bruce Campbell. Oh, yeah, sure. Like that kind of thing. But he's not a guy who really watches horror movies now. Like my mom's a big horror movie person, but she loves all the cheesy ones like the eighth conjuring or whatever. Um, (laughs) But so he's sick of it, but he loves that kind of like old, old school feeling uh, comedy horror. Yeah, no, it's great stuff. And it's crossover for us. So obviously we both 
think highly of it in the old versus category. So that's cool. So it's my number two. It was your number five. But we are up to our number ones. Emily, Miss Emily Higgins from Tasteless. What do you got? What is your number one versus film? I feel like we're going to have the same one. Maybe I'm uh, wrong. All right. Mine's, mine's, I would hope you would have mine, but I don't know. You've been going a little Debbie Gibson on me, so I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. My number one was the first one I wrote down because I was like, obviously, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Fucking yes. I mean, of course that's yes. it. Yes. Absolutely, that's the right answer. Okay, good. Uh, I'm so relieved. <laughs> yeah, we, we crossed up on our number ones there, so I guess we'll just talk about it. But yes, that's my number one as well. Why do you love this movie? I When I first saw it, I think I first watched it because I was literally just watching movies that Anna Kendrick was in. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's I fair. Loved Pitch Perfect, <laughs> sure. um, who was like, she has maybe the smallest role of anyone in this movie. And I was always kind of anti-Michael Sarah for no real reason. Oh, I, I love him. I was just like, oh, I don't want to watch him. But what makes this, he's fine. What makes this movie is the supporting cast, which yeah. is incredible. I mean, you got Brie Larson, Chris Evans, Mary... What's her name? Oh, God. Mew. I love her. Mew. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yes, who's yeah. incredible, who also makes some great horror movies. Yeah. Uh, it's just such a great Allison Pill. Like, they brought together such a stacked cast of people that are that are funny and talented and weird and mm-hmm. came together in this incredible way. I knew nothing about the comics. I knew nothing about the character. I just was like, there's another Anna Kendrick movie, and I loved it. Yeah, I am with you 100%. Uh <laughs> As funny that you came to it via Anna Kendrick, but that's a great way to get into it. Edgar Wright's a filmmaker. I love him. Shaun of the Dead. Uh, most recently, Baby Driver. But yeah, he's got this really cool style of filmmaking, right? And what he did with Scott Pilgrim is it was like a comic book kind of come to life. You know, it was like a music video, like if it was happening yeah. in front of you. It was a really cool kind of like pop rock kind of like th- type of film that was really just energetic. And then you put some of these characters in there that were grounded. I know you were talking about Michael Sarah, but I have always... Just had such a like, like I fucking love him. Like he cracks me up because he is so like timid and shy, regardless of the movie, regardless of the role. And I don't know him, obviously, but I feel like that's probably him. Like he's that's probably who he is. Yeah. And he's just this quiet, kind of like quirky dude, you know, and it just cracks me up. And in this movie, he's still that, but at the same time, he's this hero taking on all these big badass exes. And he has to do all these over the top outlandish fights, whether it's kung fu or swordplay or whatever it is. And <laughs> you mentioned the cast, which is amazing. By the way, Mew, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, uh, love her. She's one of my crushes, okay, of the last, I don't know, 10 to 15 years. But she is a great actress. And in this movie, as Ramona Flowers, you know, such like the object of our affection, too. So I felt like she was a really great centerpiece to this film that kind of the entire plot's revolving around. And I yeah. felt like that was very believable because her performance pulled it off, you know? We're like, of course he's in love with her. Like, we're all in love with her. Yeah, obviously. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. She was in a movie called Monster Island with Carmen Electra mm. that is awful in the same way the sci-fi movies are awful that I would recommend if you want to do your garbage marathon, adding to your list. Because I was like, oh, this is right before like her agents or whatever figured out that she is like an incredible talent (laughs) yeah and then and that was it and then she was on to the real stuff and she blew i mean she's so good and you're when you talk about like the style of it i think it's one of the few times that the stylization really adds to the movie instead of being distracting like the comic book stuff that they do is so perfectly woven in yeah yeah, and yeah. and I don't really notice that kind of stuff except maybe in like kind of a Tarantino movie, but it just it's so well done that I I would be surprised to hear that anyone disliked this movie. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and the opening credit sequence when they're playing in their band in the, yes. in the apartment. Oh, and there's uh, a Culkin. Rory, I think. Kieran, I think. Kieran. Kieran oh. Cole. Yeah, uh, great film. It's my number one as well. One thing I want to mention that every time Scott Pilgrim comes up that I mention, well, there's a couple, but the one, I'll just stick to one to keep it brief. <laughs> but there's a lot of like little one-liners like uh, mumbled in the movie that don't have anything to do with the plot. And some people might not even notice them because they're kind of like just said under people's breaths or whatever. But there's one scene when... <laughs> When Michael Sarah's checking his email, right? Do you remember this scene? He's like on his computer. Yeah. <laughs> He's like on his computer. And it's back when AOL, I guess, when it would say, you know, and it would be like, you've got mail. And he's like, he'd be like, <laughs> he's sitting there. He's like, dude, it says I have mail. And then he opens. He's like, dude, now I'm reading it. <laughs> <laughs> 
That was such a perfect, de- like, Mike and Sarah delivery. Know, that was good. Cra- it cracks me up every time. He's just so amazed that he's, like, reading email on his computer. Oh, yeah, man. that movie really is just, like, so many little perfect things came together. The music, the, like, editing, the actors, the, the writing, all of it was perfect. So there we go. So I'm actually relieved that I was hoping it would be on your list and that it wasn't when we got up to number ones. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. As we got to two different monster movies, you were like, uh, what's happening? I, I was like, Emily, help me out here. But you did. And Scott Pilgrim versus the world is our number one versus movie. So uh, real quick, before we give our honorable mentions, Emily, just remind everyone what your top five was. Again, just run down it real quick. Yes, it is number five, Tucker and Dale versus evil. Then Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus. Eagle versus Shark. Oh, I had two shark ones. Mm-hmm. Mega Python versus Gatoroid. And Scott Pilgrim versus the world at number one. There you go. And my top five was Monsters versus Aliens. Ford v. Ferrari, Freddy versus Jason, Tucker and Dale versus Evil, and Scott Pilgrim versus the World. So two crossover altogether. Yeah. Not, too, not too bad. Out of what? five, that's pretty good per- per- percentages. Yeah, well, I'll take it. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. It's a great discussion. And uh, honorable mentions, I've got five, Emily. You know, I round out my top ten here on the piece. Everybody likes to make fun of me that I'm the only <laughs> top five podcast that does a top ten show. So that's what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, what do you got? You got any honorables over there? I got a few. I've got that Batman versus Superman was worth it for Amy Adams. Yikes. Um, uh, all right. I'll, uh, <laughs> go ahead. Sure. And the important mustache conversation we all got. Yeah. Well, that's um, true. And the fact that they're like, your mom's Martha. My mom's Martha. <laughs> Honestly, what a great addition to pop culture. Uh, <laughs> I have... I have uh, Sharktopus versus Werewolf was was awful, but it's another one I think about constantly because the lady scientist, no one in this movie was famous except I think Casper Van, what's his face from Starship Troopers. Oh, and yeah, I know what you're talking about. Sharktopus versus Werewolf, a woman has sex with the Werewolf. Wow. Okay. Well, that's something, so, to look, that's something to put my eyes on. Okay. So I wrote that on my list. And then because I was trying to see, like, I was trying to fill versus gaps, I watched Alien versus Predator. Mm-hmm. Um, because I do love the Alien movies. I've never seen a Predator in my life, but I love the Alien movies. Mm-hmm. So I was ready to be on the team of the Aliens, but then the Predator and the main girl became friends. And I was like, oh, this is really nice. Yeah. The Predator movies. They seem friendly. Yeah. Yeah. The first one's a classic, but a- uh, AVP made my list too. So, you have any others? I don't want to interrupt you. No, that is All it. Right. I did write down, I wonder if anyone will say Creamer versus Creamer. I did. <laughs> I did. It's oh, on my list. It's I haven't a, seen it. It just felt like something I should know about. I've <laughs> seen it. Uh, it's a... Did you see Marriage Story last year on Netflix? No, I keep putting it off. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, it's uh, you know, it's basically a marriage story. It's a divorce tale. Uh, I haven't seen it in so, so long, but that actually would have been my number six. So it's funny you mentioned it. Uh, Kramer versus Kramer. I couldn't put it higher. It's probably the best, you know, quote unquote, the best film that would fall in this category because it won so many yeah. Academy Awards and it's critically acclaimed and like... Like whatever, but I just haven't seen it in literally like twenty years, so I don't really remember it too vividly. But I know yeah, it's, it's no I know Freddy it's versus Jason. Yeah, damn right. It's no. Uh, what do we got over here? Mega Python versus Gatoroid. <laughs> Come on, guys. You don't have Tiffany in there quoting her own songs. Um, my number seven would have been the People versus Larry Flint. You ever see that one? No, but I saw the poster and thought that looks fun. I like Woody Harrelson. Yeah, I love comedy. No, it's a bio. Well, I mean, it is funny, but no, it's a biopic. Uh, Larry Flint's the founder of Hustler magazine. Oh, and, yes, yes, yes. And uh, it basically tells the story of how he, you know, he rose to his success with Hustler. And in the 70s, um, he was sued by the U.S. government for basically, uh, you know, propaganda or uh, using pornography as propaganda. And he was like, obviously taking the free speech stance. This is my first amendment rights. And so anyway, it was a whole like trial that played out. Courtney Love plays his kind of coked out wife in it. Um, And that she actually was not, I want to say she actually got nominated for Academy Award for that. She did a really, really good job in it. And Woody Harrelson plays Larry Flint, but it's a drama at its core, but it's a biopic and I'm a sucker for those. I love you know, movies based on real life. So it was really cool. And then uh, you already mentioned my number eight would have been Alien versus Predator. My number nine would have been the Tom Hanks Jim Joe versus the Volcano. That looks up my alley. I also haven't seen yeah. that. But upon seeing the poster, I was like, I got to watch that. <laughs> and then I had trouble with my number 10 spot, but I just saw this recently before I even knew we were doing the episode. I just saw it a couple months ago and I really liked it. But it's called The U.S. versus John Lennon. It's a documentary. Oh. And it's uh, about John Lennon of the Beatles, of Beatles fame. And there was a period in his life when 
when he really became a political activist. And it's really, I mean, it's a documentary about his life, but it really focuses, like, I would say two-thirds of the movie is really focused on that period in the 1960s when he was, like, really into political activism. So it's really cool. It was a really cool take. Uh, it was a really cool, like, story about his life that we don't often get. We get the, the music and the artist side of it, but we don't really get some of the stuff behind the scenes very often. So it was cool to tell that side of the story as well. That's, I mean, that's a pretty varied list. The, the versus category really had a lot more to offer than I than I could have anticipated. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, I was worried when they pitched him. I'm like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I could probably come up with five, but I'm not sure. But yeah, there was a lot because we only had a couple crossover there. So Emily, to wrap up the episode... Uh, you know. By the way, are you in the Facebook group? I need to get you in oh, over there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you are. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's you the are. only group that I allow notifications for. Oh wow, that makes me that makes me excited. <laughs> I turned it off for uh, everything else. I'm like, I don't need this. I only need two piece Facebook content. Yeah, that's all you need. Come on, <laughs> that and uh, Tiffany cameos and uh, monster films, and you're good. That's all I need, genuinely. So I asked over there. I said, uh, "What are some of your favorite versus movies?" In the old suggestion box, let's see what some of the fans had to say. Uh, my buddy. Michael Hill said Jason versus Freddy, but I called him out because he spelled Freddy F R E D D I E. And I, said, <laughs> I said, and I asked him, I said, is it Jason versus Freddie Prince Jr.? Like, what are you doing over there? I would watch that 100%. <laughs> that, would, that would definitely be a great film. Uh, let's see. Jared Taylor, patron and friend of the show, also says Freddie versus Jason. Joe versus the volcano, the people versus Larry Flint and Tucker and Dale. Let's see, uh, Chris Yaney, patron and friend of the show. He's got a few that we mentioned, but he also says Hulk versus, which I think I think is animated. Chris, I'm sorry if I'm wrong, but I think that's I an think animated. So I feel like I've seen that image because hmm. I was like, versus what? What's happening? And I feel like it's a big animated Hulk and a big word versus on the poster. <laughs> it is. And yeah, I guess he's just against himself there, which is true, really, if you think about Bruce Banner. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, Brad, now, you know, I was kind of joking with you earlier, Emily, but he's he's a apologist for Batman versus Superman. Oh, I'm not into it at all. I'm not a big fan of that film, but that's what he shouted out. Dan Roski, patron of the show, says Kramer versus Kramer and the people versus Larry Flint. Now, we didn't mention any Godzilla movies. Did you? I know you did some of these old monster movies. Have you seen any of the old time 70s, 80s Godzilla films? I have not. I was thinking about this. I was realizing that it's a real blind spot for me. I mean, I didn't even see the new Godzilla. I saw the Kong Skull Island. Okay. Well, that'll be a good lead in for this one that's coming up. Right. So I've got like half of it. But I and I saw King Kong with Naomi Watts, of course. Naomi Watts is in it. But I I hadn't seen any of the like Gamera, Mothman, Godzilla, like all these guys and I was like these look fun I bet it's a lot of practical effects so I want to watch oh, for them. sure yeah there's some good ones in there I haven't seen them in way too long but ironically Tony from over the Jock and Nerd podcast he he shouted out Godzilla versus Destroya and that's actually the one that probably would have cracked my top 10 if I was going to put one in there I just need to revisit them because I haven't seen them since I was a kid like my Ooh. dad and I watched them together and then, by the way I'm old Emily I don't know if I told you that but <laughs> Uh, it's been a long time. It's been probably 30, 35 years since I've seen those. So I need to revisit them. But that's a good shout out. Let's see. Paul from The Countdown. You know him over in Australia. He says, he says Scott Pilgrim, surely. Come on now. That's what he says. <laughs> and he's right. He's right. And then uh, the last one that I'll mention is one that we did not mention on the show, which is cool. But Amanda, a great friend of the show from Pot Appetite, she says Cowboys versus Aliens. Did you see that one? No. Is that a cartoon or a No. People? Well, unless there's a cartoon oh, version. Oh but it's God. got uh it's got That's James the Bond in it. Wild one? I yes. did see that. Yes. And oh. what's James Bond's name? Uh, Daniel Craig. Daniel right. Craig. Yeah. And Olivia Wilde. I did see it because Olivia Wilde was in it. I saw I saw that in theaters. Yeah, that's good. I remember none of it. I don't really remember it either, but I do remember liking it. And I do I don't know, you know, some of these ideas as you know looking at your list but some of these ideas are so outlandish right when you when you pit these things against each other but i also love the imagination involved when because you got to imagine where things like that start you know so somebody sits down and they go all right guys everybody (laughs) thinks aliens exist aliens come down and fight do this do that what if they came back in the wild west okay and we had cowboys you know, riding around doing their thing, and aliens show up. I mean, that's a great idea. I mean, what what were we doing, Emily? We're sitting around for our lives, and we didn't come up with that. I mean, you know? I feel like 
what I recall is that it was not as goofy as I wanted it to be. Like, I wanted it to be <laughs> right. like that one where it was like Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. Like, yeah. where if you're doing a movie based on a cool name, I want dumbness. I yeah. want nonsense. I want fun. It played it too straight. You're right. Yeah, I just remember Olivia Wilde looking sad and like kind of like, you know, when people in the Old West are in movies and they just look kind of dirty. Like, they yeah, just have well, they are. On them. Yeah, there's a lot of, yeah, they're dirty and sad back then. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have they didn't have our podcast to listen to. I mean, no. what do they got to do? All right. So Emily Higgins, a big fan of yours. And I love when you come back. It's always fun to chat with you. This was an interesting topic that I thought would fit well because it kind of goes with your show because yeah. you're kind of you're kind of doing this whole versus thing every week. Why don't you tell everybody real quick where they can find you, where they should look you up at, Emily? Uh, Tasteless is on all podcast apps. You can go to tastelesspod.com for little things about the episodes. And I've been trying uh, a little a bonus series called Strong female leads where i talk to the actresses that are in some of my favorite movies mm-hmm. clearly i need to hit up debbie gibson and tiffany actually next. actually you should yeah what I'm if you get what if list. what if you get them on together <gasps> oh my god i'm gonna have to google and be like do they like each other <laughs> yeah and just lead just start and do me a favor just start off the interview with mega python and gatoroid like just start with just lead with that you know what i mean I have no quotes. I had on Rachel True, who was in The Craft, who's incredible. And I was like, Rachel True, you were in The Craft. Amazing. But also, I need to talk to you about how you were in one scene of Sharknado 2, and you are also in the mockumentary Part of Sharkness. And she, like, laughed and was like, wow, you watched both of those? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I'm very into it. That's great stuff. Well, Emily, you're a hoot. Uh, and I, like I said, I love having you. So thank you so much for being here. We will hopefully talk again soon. Please. Absolutely. We will be back next week and we will have another top five and another pee on the pod. Thank you guys. Take care. Listeners, I want to talk to you for one second real quick about the Golden Pea Movie Awards, referred to lovingly as the Golden Peas. Every year, I take the opportunity to celebrate the year in film, and 2020 is no different. Please head over to twopeasonapod.com slash goldenpeas and find all of the nominees as well as links to a ballot that you can use to vote. Voting is open from January 29th until March 1st of 2021. We feature all of the main categories that you will find at shows like the Golden Globes and the Oscars, but we poll the film and Twitter and podcast community to get those nominees. And as you know, they are chosen by you. So please cast a ballot, head over. Once again, it's twopeasonapod.com slash goldenpeas. We love movies and we love celebrating movies. And we hope you come to the party this year.